Shalom Ubrach, we're up to Moyet Koton Daf Yud Ches. Our Daf begins with a discussion about cutting nails on Cholamoyed and during Avelos. Is there a difference between toenails and fingernails? Then we talk about trimming a mustache. We describe Paramelch Mitzrayim a little bit. Then we have a new Mishnah that talks about a Davara Oved. First, we say what you're allowed to do laundry with, some Heterim of laundry on Cholamoyed. Uh, Mishnah lists things that you are allowed to do because of a davar of it and Cholamoid. Our Gemara talks about Erusin on Cholamoid, as well as a fascinating discussion about finding one's zivug. And it finishes with a statement about how if someone is under suspicion, he is guilty in at least one way, shape, or form. So now we begin our Gemara at the bottom of Yitzhanam Abayz, which says that it's usher to cut your nails on Chalamoyed according to Rav Yehuda, but Rav Yehuda says it's not a problem. As well as another Machlechus that Rav Yehuda says it's usher to cut one's nails during Avelas, and Rav Yehuda says that's not a problem. So Rav Yehuda says no haircuts or nails on Chalamoyed or Avelas, and Rav Yehuda says it's much about both. Ula says we paskin like Rav Yehuda by Avelas, that it's usher during Avelas, while Rav Yehuda says it's mutter, we pass like him on Chalamoid. Shmuel argues with Ula's psak. Right? Ula says we go like Rav Yehuda by Avelis and Rav Yaisi on Chalamoid. And Shmuel says we pass like Rav Yaisi on Chalamoid, that's mutter, and by Avelis. It's mutter during Avelis too. Because Shmuel paskins that we always go like the Divri Hamekel by Avelis. Now, there was a man named Pinchas who was in Avelis. So Shmuel came to be Menachem Avel. And he saw that Pinchas's nails were really long. So he said, hey, why didn't you cut your nails? He said, well, if you were in Avelas, would you be Mazalzo with your Avelas and cut your nails? Well, since he said that, Shmuel ended up falling into Avelas as well. So Pinchas came to be Menachem Avel Shmuel. And Shmuel did cut his nails. In fact, he gathered up his nails, threw, it, threw them at Pinchas. Rashi says that he, he picked them up afterwards. You're not supposed to leave your nails around. And Shmuel told him, why did, you say, why did you have to say that? We know that there is a, a bris with our lips that what we say happens. We see this from Avmavinu. Avmavinu went up with Yitzchak to do that kind of Yitzchak, but when he turned to uh, Shmuel Eliezer, Yishmuel and Eliezer, and he told them, you stay here with the donkey. And he said that we will return to you, including Yitzchak, that we're going to return together. And since he had said that, that's actually what happened. They returned together. I mean, Yitzchak, that Yitzchak did not end up getting shechted. What we say happens. It's a very powerful lesson in the power of speech. Now, I would think that while fingernails are mutter, toenails would be usser. Rabbanan Bar Tachlifa tells us that Shmuel told me that there's no difference between fingernails and toenails. Rav Chibar Ashi says in the name of Rav that using scissors is usser. So he, he may be arguing with a shmuel, or maybe just adding that if you use a kli, then it's usher, but uh, biting the nails or picking them with your fingers would be okay. Rav Shaman Bar Abba saw Rav Yechanan on Cholomoid in the base Medrash, and he was biting his nails and throwing them on the ground. So he says, we learned three things from the story with Rav Yechanan. Number one, that you're allowed to cut your nails on Cholomoid. Number two, it's not considered mius, uh, repulsive, to do that. And three, you're allowed to throw them on the ground. The Gemara says, what, you're allowed to throw them on the ground? 
There are three levels of people who deal with their nails. A tzaddik buries them. A chassid burns them. This could be Kabbalistic things. And a rasha throws them away. So you're not supposed to just throw, throw away your nails. And the Gemara says that, that the reason why it's rishos to just throw down your nails is because we're worried that a woman who is pregnant may miscarry when encountering these nails. And there are no women in the base medrash. There are two possibilities as to how this works. Either a woman will be so disgusted by the nails that that will shake her up and make her uh, miscarry chas shalom, or there's a certain element of kishuf with nails that uh, affects pregnant women. And if you're worried, you know, okay, in the base medrash, the the, the woman uh, won't encounter the nails, but maybe they'll sweep up these nails, throw them outside, and there it will encounter a woman. So the Gemara tells us once it moves from the spot where it lands, it's, it no longer has that element of, well, I guess either mios or that kishuf, and it won't harm her at all. Review this says that we asked Rebbe about cutting nails, and he said that was okay. If we would have asked if we can cut our mustache, he would have been matched there too. Shmuel says that I actually did ask him, and he says it was totally mutter to trim a mustache on Cholamoid. Avitol Safra says in the name of Rav that that's only a mustache that goes from one side of the mouth to the other because that's going to get in the way of eating. Nirvami says you're allowed to trim it if it's going to get in the way of eating. And Rabbi Nachman Bar Yitzchak says that I am such an istinist that even if it's not actually like going into my mouth, my mustache is considered to be being ma'akev and I'd be allowed to trim it on Cholamoid. Uh, dur- and during Avelos. Next, Avitol Safra says in the name of Rav that Paroi, the Paroi that Moshe Rabbeinu had to contend with, he was an Amatol, his beard was an Amatol, and his aver was an Amatol. And this is Mekayin the Pasuk of Shafal Anashim Yokim Allah. He had these really weird, he was a weird looking creature. Avitol Safra also says that Paroi was a a, uh, a wizard. He, he did Kishof. And that's why he was going down to the Ne'ilas. He used the water for his Kishof. Now, when it comes to doing laundry, on Cholamoid. Amishah said that it's Aser. Asi Amrav says that if someone only has one coat, that, he's one set of clothing, he's allowed to wash that on Cholamoid. Shervirmiya says that's not one of the exceptions listed in our Mishnah. It's only if someone comes from Midian and says, Yom, gets out of prison. Who says if he only has one coat, he's allowed to wash? Shervi Yaakov says that our entire Mishnah is talking about where he has more than one set of clothing. But if he has one, everyone agrees that he's allowed to do laundry. If you talk about Yaakov, Bar Giyuri says that a clothing made of pishtan is allowed to be washed in Cholamoid. And uh, Rava says, yeah, uh, we have a, a mission that tells us that you're allowed to wash hand towels and the like, which don't have so much tircha. So, but it doesn't say you're allowed to wash fl- pishtan. Where do you get that from? So Abayah says that Mishnah that says you're allowed to wash hand towels, that was talking about non-pishtan begadim. But, but everyone agrees about pishtan, that you're allowed to wash. There's less tircha when it comes to pishton. Berhedya says, I actually saw in Tveria that they were doing their pishton laundry on Cholamites. Abai says, yeah, you can't bring a raya. Just because they were doing it doesn't mean that the, the rub of the town approved of their behavior. Now we have a new Mishnah that tells us that there are some things you are allowed to write on Cholamite. Anything that will be a dover of it. You're allowed to write Kedushin, Nashim, Gitin, Shoivrin, these contracts, Amatona, Prusbol, and which Rashi explains are these are governmental uh, obligation contracts. 
Now, in the Gemara, Shmuel tells us that you're allowed to uh, be, me, do erison, to become engaged on Cholamoid, because maybe someone else will come and take your, uh, your wife, your soon-to-be wife. The Gemara tries bringing a raya, because we learned that you're allowed to write on Cholamoid, Kiddushin Nashim. It sounds like you're allowed to write a star of Kiddushin. The Gemara says that's, that's not the actual star of Kiddushin. That was when the parents get together and decide how much they're going to offer for a dowry for this young couple. But not the, the doesn't mean that you're able to be Mekadesh, a woman on Cholamoid. So we try to bring another raya from the Mishnah that says that you're not allowed to marry woman on Cholamoid, but it sounds like you could be able to get, you are allowed to get engaged. And the Gemara says, that's not a raya. Um, maybe that, that Mishnah says you, you're not allowed to marry a woman. And getting married is a mitzvah. But getting engaged, which isn't a mitzvah, that's, that's obviously also on Cholamoid. But we actually bring a third raya, which works, where uh, a Brisa says Beferish in the name of Shmuel that you are allowed to get engaged on Cholamoid. You're just not supposed to make a Sudas Eirisin. Another Gemara um, tries to understand what Shmuel said before, that you're allowed to get engaged to a woman on Cholamoid because maybe someone else will take her. But Review Damar Shmuel says that every day there's a Baskala that comes out and says that Bas Pliny to Pliny. This girl is going to marry that guy. This field is going to go to that person. This is like what Chazal say that a Malach brings every tipa of Zerat HaKadosh Baruch and says, what's going to be with this with this person? Is it going to be, and the Baruch says, it's going to be rich, it's going to be poor, it's going to be smart, dumb, just Tzadik and Rosh, the Baruch doesn't, that, that's up to the person's Bechira. But you see, maybe this Sadeh being designated to each person is that Ashirus that's destined for him. But you see that you, the, the Zivug is already set up. So why are we worried that someone else is going to take a Zivug if he doesn't, if he isn't Mekadosh or on Cholamoid? No, the Gemara says we're worried that maybe he's going, that someone else is going to daven and actually change the Zivug arrangement upstairs. Like we had the story with Rava who saw this person who was davening so much that he should be able to marry this girl. And Rava said, don't daven like that. If she is your Zivug, you're going to marry her. If not, then you're just messing with the Bezun Shalmala. Kafarta Ba'ashem. Your tefillah is not going to work. And then it's going to ruin your Amuna when it doesn't get answered. Now afterwards, Rava heard this guy davening that either he should die or she should die. He shouldn't have to live with her being single. He said, I told you not to daven like that. Rav actually says we have a Pasuk in Turinavim and Ksuvim that says that their Bunshalim sets up every man with every woman to be married. In the Torah it says, and Nevi'im it says, and in Ksuvim it says, Next, we have a statement from Rabbi Ruvain ben Itzruvili. And he says that if there's someone who was suspected of something, you could be sure that he did it. But if he didn't do it, then he did it partially. And if he didn't even do it partially, then he thought about doing it. And even if he didn't think about doing it, he at least saw other people doing it and was Sameach about that. So Rav Yaakov says, wait, there's a puzzle that says that the Rebbein Shlelem were suspected of things, that were in true, which seems that they were accused of something which they didn't do. And the Gemara says that's when they were doing this in order to anger Hashem. And if a person is being does something in order to enrage others, then he could be suspected even if he didn't do it. 
Then we have another kasha that says, Everyone in, in Klyosrol warned their wives not to be with Moshe Rabbeinu. You see, they were choshed Moshe Rabbeinu being with their wives. And Moshe Rabbeinu didn't. So you see that you could, have, you could be choshed someone without any guilt. And the Gemara says that was because they hated him. And if there's a hatred there, then people will be nechshad even if there's nothing to suspect about. Now the Gemara asks, Rav Yaisi was very proud. He said, my chalek should be with those who are suspected but never did anything. And her papa says, yeah, actually me, I was once suspected and I didn't do it. You see that people could be suspected without any involvement. And the Gemara says that was when the rumors died down. But if the rumors are consistent, they keep going, that's when you know that the person actually is at least somewhat guilty. So how long is considered an, a lasting rumor. Abai says, well, my mother told me that it's a day and a half. But that's only if it's a, a straight day and a half. If it's stopped in the middle, then that doesn't even count as a persistent rumor. But it can't be that the rumors stopped because people were terrified of what would happen to them if they continued suspecting. It has to be that it stopped of natural causes. But if, people, but if it only stopped because people were scared because of Yira, then that is considered a chshad, and we can know that that person actually is somewhat guilty. Also, if it stops, but then it comes back with the exact same force, then that's not considered that the rumor stopped. Plus, a caveat to the whole thing is that this rumor has to be generated when this person does not have enemies. But if he has enemies, then that hatred is generating the rumor, and not the fact that he actually did anything wrong. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.